Hey there, lovely souls. I'm your host, Allison Toth, and I want to give you a warm welcome to Wishing You Wellness, the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. When it comes to rock bottom, I've been there more than once, and I know what it's like to wake up daily to mental health struggles. On this podcast, I share insight and stories to help motivate and inspire you and to help you feel less alone in this. In Wishing You Wellness, we talk inner child healing, mindset shifts, radical self-love, the art of intentional living, and so much more. Think of me as your mental wellness bestie. If you're ready to step into your power and change your life, just hit play. Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome back again to another week of Wishing You Wellness. I am so, so excited for today. I know that last time I brought Kylie onto the show, I said that she would come back one day. Well, a week and a half later, it is one day. I cannot wait. Me and Kylie have been scheming up a couple different things, and we did land on a topic that we really wanted to get into today. So we are about to do that. But before we do, I want to share some pretty exciting news with you guys. Um, I can't give out too many details yet. There will be an official launch coming soon with all of the insight, but I will say Kylie and I have decided we're going to be hosting a total wellness retreat out in Colorado in the mountains. It's going to be for your body, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. And it's just going to be this amazing sisterhood retreat where we are just disconnected from the real world, connected to ourselves and our spirits, and just having so, so much fun together in the mountains. So I cannot wait to share that information with you guys. It'll just be a three to five day trip. We'll have payment plan options. We'll have all kinds of stuff. Um, And me and Kylie can't wait to share that with you in the next couple of weeks. If you are interested, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, I'll add you to the list of interested people just so we can get a gauge of how many people we're looking at taking. Now, I don't want to waste any time today because we have a lot to talk about. Kylie, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited to be back on here. And I just love all of our conversations, whether there's like an intention behind it or not, dude. I feel like every time you and I come together, we are just co-creating some sort of magic and I love it. So Thank you for having me back, and I'm super excited for today's episode. Yay! Yes, I love that you used co-creating together because the last title of our episode together was about being a co-creator, so that's very, very on brand for us, (laughs) and I'm loving it. Um, Today, me and Kylie want to talk with you guys about projection and specifically about this concept that I've been playing with lately. And it's, it goes like this, it's using your projection, using your jealousy as a superpower, taking it and kind of channeling it for good rather than evil, using your projection to find areas of yourself that are unhealed, that are judgmental, maybe you're defensive on. Yeah. So Kylie, you have this little speech about the bitch in your head. And I would love for you to share that with my listeners, because I think it's a fabulous takeaway. Yeah. So you'll have to let me know if I like miss a little, little part of anything that you're feeling called to share specifically on, but there is this little bitch that lives in every single one of our minds. And this little bitch is there to protect you. And I know that Allison has posted about this and I've talked about it quite a bit too, but something that can be super helpful is actually naming this voice that lives in your head as a way to create this separation because 
I don't think that many people are aware of the fact that you are not the voice in your head. And that simply is a, that's, that's your shadow. That is a combination of all of your program beliefs and the stories that you've told yourself, the stories that your family has told you, the stories that your teachers have told you. We have all of these voices that have come together to combine and create one big voice that likes to dictate our life. It likes to dictate the way that we show up, not only for ourselves, but in in relation to other people, in relation to the world around you. You'll notice that that little voice will bring out jealousy. It'll bring out the evil parts of you. And that's what exactly we are here to talk about today is that it doesn't always need to be seen as evil because we can so easily identify with it. But there is so much power in actually just becoming the observer of that voice in your head and recognizing the things that you can learn from it and what it actually has to teach you. Mm, Yeah, I really love this notion of being the observer and kind of just putting space in between ourselves and that voice in our head, because I'm someone who loves to just claim responsibility for that voice in my head sometimes and be like, yep, I just thought something really nasty and really judgmental. I must be a bitch, like something is wrong with me. When in reality, a lot of those like sort of instinctual reactions to things are so societal, you wouldn't even believe it. Like from a super young age, you were shown a lot of things, a lot of things that you won't even remember. And those are programmed into your brain and that can show up as that voice in your head or kind of a passing thought about someone. And so for me, I have been using projection as my superpower lately because Anytime I feel myself thinking or processing something negatively about someone else, I stop and I'm like, can this be true about me? Mm. Whatever I'm saying, it doesn't matter what, if this person is annoying to me or if this person's outfit for whatever reason triggers me, I ask myself, what does this have to do with me? Like, why do I feel triggered? What, what is the meaning for me in this? Because a hundred percent of the time when you feel the need to project onto somebody, whether that's your fears or your insecurities, it has nothing to do with them. And it's all about you getting that need met, that need to just project your stuff onto somebody else. So you don't really have to feel it and process it as your own. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love that you said it's almost like this distraction from having to process this. And an example that's coming to mind for me, which is kind of jumping on from your last episode, all about like body love and body image, which everybody should go listen to, by the way, (laughs) Um, is this idea that if like I used to see a girl wearing this cute little outfit, like maybe like a cute little bra, her tummy's like showing and she has like these short shorts on and there would be this little voice in my head that'd be like, ah, I can't believe that girl's wearing that, you know? And what it actually comes down to is me, you know, using that as a mirror and recognizing why don't I feel confident wearing that myself, you know? Another huge one for me was watching other women dance, like shamelessly dance on their stories or even at festivals for a really long time. You would see that girl out there dancing, which I know is you, Allison. <laughs> it's me. It's you. You'd see that girl dancing, just having the time of her life, not giving any fucks. And there I would be just kind of observing her and just it's kind of like, damn, like that girl is like really out there. 
rather than being like using that as a reflection to be like, why don't I join her? Why don't I have the confidence to actually be able to do that myself? So it's being able to use your projections, use your judgments, use all of these stories of your mind to actually turn it inward and, and learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. To get a better understanding of yourself. I love that. I love that. So in terms of projection, what do you think are some sort of, I guess, like, how would I say this? Some like micro steps that people could take if they feel that projection is an issue for them, they could feel themselves doing it all the time, but they're like, how do I stop this? Like, what is the, or do I even stop this? Because as we were saying, projection can be used as a superpower. So I'm curious what you think is the balance or the fine line. Oh, this is so good. I think that there is, there is, there's a little bit of both going on here. So I think that we need to accept our projection, as you've said, like as our superpower. So as opposed to getting upset with yourself or feeling like, like stupid me, why am I projecting? Like, this isn't helpful to anything. It's almost acceptance. It's surrendering to the fact that we are human and we do project. And so how can you see that as a positive thing? It's like, how can you just turn it around something that we've viewed as negatively? How can we turn it around? And so for me, that first micro step is, is awareness. Like you can't do anything until you actually become aware of the projection and can become the observer, which is really difficult because Oh, what is the word that I'm looking for? It's like, it takes a lot of, of self-love to be able to recognize, like, I'm feeling jealous. You know what? I think, I think that there's a word that I'm, I'm looking for, but it's like, not everybody, it's not easy to admit that you're feeling jealous. It's not easy to admit that that person's outfit triggers you because then there's a part of your mind that's like, what's wrong with me for thinking that? Are you looking for the word pride, like some kind of egoic or like? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. It's pride. Like having, not letting that damage your pride, not letting that damage your ego. And the ego is such a big part of this because the reason that projection is key is because it's, it's our ego wanting to defend ourselves too. So you mm -hmm. see, this, you see this person that's triggering you. And when you become the observer, your ego is going to try to convince you like, no, you are so valid. You are so valid in feeling that way because your ego is going to want to defend you. So it's being able to take a step back and recognize that this is just your ego feeling attacked, that it's not actually saying anything about who you are as a person. It's not defining your character. It's not, it's not like you're not putting yourself on a stage and being like, I'm a bitch. Like I project yeah. everything, you know, it's like <laughs> all going on in your mind. And so when you can become aware of that, I think that's where the very first step begins. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think too, that, like you said, the first step is awareness. And so if you're able to make that connection and even understand and fathom the fact that you are projecting, that's huge because a lot of people will seriously go through their entire life and never admit to themselves that those fears that they're throwing onto other people have nothing to do with their concern for other people, nothing to do with wanting them to be safe and everything to do with jealousy and projection and things that they wish they had done, wish they had gone for, but didn't. And so now they feel like the only way to make that right 
is by bringing someone else down a pace. Yes, yes, yes. And adding on to that, I am somebody that learns a lot from other people's examples, like almost like learning and observing other people and their behavior and then using that as a mirror for myself. Um, Because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Like we all want to feel loved. We all want to feel accepted. And so becoming aware of other people's projections has also been a really huge step in becoming more aware of my own. And, you know, there's projections that I have become aware of from my family, for example. And when I reflect on the last 10 years of my life, I notice, wow, like that insecurity, it came from like an unconscious program belief that my family, like maybe my mom or my dad has projected something on a certain type of person And so I just accepted that as my truth. I didn't actually ever question if I believed that or anything like that. So you take things on as your truth without even really recognizing it. Please ignore the sirens. I'm totally still here with you. There are just also sirens. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, you can't even really hear it. So I thought that you were just giving me a a cute little smile over there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting here like looking at you like oh yeah I'm now that I'm living in downtown St. Louis it's like all day every day of wailing sirens I'm glad that you guys couldn't hear it um but I love what you're saying yeah I also think that using projection like to understand others is a really powerful tool because it teaches us not to take shit so personally when you understand that 95% of negative interactions with other people have nothing to do with you and are totally projections of issues in their life currently they're manifesting oh my god you stop taking everything so personally because you're like this has nothing to do with me right (laughs) like when I walked into work and you know my coworker was crabby and she rolled her eyes at me and gave me these negative vibes I no longer have to go and be like oh why was she treating me like that it's like no you know, Brittany's probably having a shit day has nothing to do with me. And therefore I'm stepping into my power by not claiming responsibility for that. And just understanding that that's a projection and that's all it is. That is so huge. And I have the perfect example. I'm like cracking up over here because I just had this happen to me yesterday where it was such a big learning opportunity, this interaction with somebody. I was at the dog park and my dog, I don't, it's almost, it's almost funny, but anyway, my dog walked up to somebody and was just kind of like sniffing her legs. Right. And this lady throws her arms in the air and says, can you get your dog? And I wanted so badly in that moment to look at her and be like, the fuck, like you are at a dog park. (laughs) Where do you think you are right now? This isn't a library. This isn't a Denny's. You're at a dog park. Yes. Like I really wanted to say that, but I had one split second to become the observer. I actually kind of giggled at myself because I was like, oh my God, I almost said that. And I recognize that wouldn't have been very beneficial to the conversation. And so I ultimately just smiled at her and I was like, Luna, you know, I called my dog back to me and everything was fine. But in my mind, I went through this process of one, that lady must be having a bad day. Like that was not my energy to take on. Two, I almost took that personally. I almost felt like she was attacking me. 
like she was attacking Kylie Wyrick at the dog park in Washington. Like I almost made that about me when at the end of the day, I had nothing to do with it. Like this was a projection of that lady, maybe not understanding what a dog park is. I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, like she was at the dog park. She was, you know, aware that she was at the dog park and then your dog walked up to her and she was like, shit, I shouldn't be at the dog park right now, but I still am. And now there's a dog touching me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like how you chose to protect your energy. I like how you said, you know, I could react, but also for what? Like, you know, she's having a bad day. I don't want to make this into bigger than it is for that sake. And also because I want to protect my energy and not take time out of my day to kind of drop my vibe for a situation like this. Exactly. And it kind of goes along with victim mentality. And I know that's not totally what what the topic of this episode is, but it really is, is like when you take things, if you take somebody else's projection personally, you're making yourself the victim of their reality. And that's just not beneficial for you uh, in any means. And it's not to say that everything always has to be about you, but in terms of taking on other people's projections, I really think it's important to take that selfish step of okay I don't have to take on that person's energy like that is not that is not helpful to the situation that's not mine to deal with and you can even make up stories about that person like we were just kind of coming up with the story of like oh she must be having a bad day like she wanted to come to the dog park but that obviously like wasn't helping what was going on deeper down in her life and so just understanding that at the end of the day I did nothing wrong she could have yelled at Joe or Bob or Sally you know and I I just happened to be in the line of her projection. And so by not taking that personally, it really protected my energy because once upon a time, I would have let that spiral downhill. I would have, I totally would have taken that personally and been like that bitch, like, no, 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 you know? And so I just, yeah, you know, you keep talking about it. Like you drag it out for the rest of your day. You're telling anyone who will listen. I've so been there because this was a huge issue for me for a really long time. Um, I was so stuck in the victim mindset that anything that happened that was a negative occurrence in my day felt like such a personal attack. And how narcissistic of me to think that everybody on this earth is so worried about messing with Allison Toth's day that they're taking time out to plan and scheme. It's like, girl, (laughs) no one's that worried about you. You know what I'm saying? That was such a big part of this awakening and realization that I had is like, holy shit, I am not the center of everyone's attention. Like, even though my ego believes it and wants to take everything so personally, it's just recognizing that just as we have trauma and we have shit to deal with, so does every other person out there. Even the people that you, you know, want to look up to. And this, an example coming to mind for me is my family. Like I took on my parents' beliefs because they're my parents. That's what you're like. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. But since I've kind of grown up, I've had this realization that they are human just as I am human. They have their own insecurities they have their own projections they have their own life circumstances that have led them to believe certain things and so it's also giving those people grace and giving them the benefit of the doubt even if they're doing it unconsciously even if they're unconsciously projecting like they're not purposely trying to ruin your day it's just understanding and seeing yourself like putting yourself in that person's shoes 
and seeing like, oh, okay, you know, I've been there. I've definitely mm-hmm. unconsciously projected on other people. And so it's, oh, it's yes. that oneness. Absolutely. It's that connection between us. And I, so <clears throat> what eventually helped me to get over my issue with taking everything so, so personally was actually working in the hospitality field, specifically in events and banquets for mm-hmm. a long time. Because when I first started, Oh, I was like 16 when I first started catering. I remember that I would come out and every single night I would leave crying and I would come home and be like, the bridezillas and like, oh my gosh, everyone is so mean and like people want it this way and that way. And then I got to like probably 21, 22 and I was like, they're not mean. They're grouchy. They're stressed the hell out. But like these people just want their day to be perfect. And like, yes, oftentimes people will go about that the wrong way and yell and kind of get frustrated. But at the end of the day, you got to remember where people's emotions could be stemming from. In events, it was pretty common out in Death Valley for me to get screamed at over some silly shit. And that's just because I was working at a very nice resort. People pay $1,000 a night to stay there. They have high expectations when they're coming to a banquet, when they're coming to an event. And so... It's not too shocking that somebody would get super worked up over an undercooked steak or, you know, the time that they thought there was sand in their salad. I seriously had these guests trying to convince me there was sand in their salad. And I'm like, yes, we're in a desert. I get it. But I promise you, we did not bring these outside and put sand on them. That's the one thing I'm certain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And see, that's just the perfect example of how some people who are not aware of their projections will push and push and push because their ego wants to be right. You know, they want to prove a fucking point and whether they can, whether they get that or not, you know, that can bring them pleasure or whatever, but that doesn't mean that you have to receive it. You know, you can put up that little block and it's like, all right, this person thinks that there's sand in their salad and that's not your issue. Like, Yeah. All energy just return to the sender. Like all of that. that can just like find its way back. But it became such a game changer for me when I learned in events and banquets to stop taking shit. So personally, I was helping um, run the banquets out in Death Valley for the first three months I was out there. I was kind of one of the assistant captains and I was just like doing a lot of shit that I had never done before is my first time. And so I was making lots of mistakes and I was getting a lot of feedback and, you know, I would go home with this victim mindset sometimes and just take it all home with me and be like, I fell short, like taking it personally taking something that is business and is like a very natural part of your exponential growth in hospitality and just making it such a like, Oh, this is my what am I, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, this is the hard period, but really like, how lucky am I that I get to be working these beautiful events in the middle of the desert? Like, yes, I'm stressed out. Yes, it's a mess sometimes, but how lucky am I? And when we have that victim mindset, I feel like we get trapped and we don't even enjoy things to the fullest. Oh, that's such a good point. And that it's easy to get stuck there. It's easy to get stuck in that downhill spiral. And then once you, once you feel like you're taking things personally, or once you feel like the victim, 
then your mind is actually going to begin to look for evidence that that is true. So then if you take one thing personally from a customer, I'm just thinking in, in terms of like you um, working at these banquets or something, let's say one person says something to you and you take it personally, then the next customer, the next person that complains about their steak, chances are you're going to take that personally because at that point your ego believes that everybody is out to get you. And mm. something that has been so big for me in learning how to not take things personally is thinking about a situation when somebody talks to you and, and just thinking, okay, was this directed at Kylie? Like, was this directed at Allison? Or if there was another person in my shoes, would that person have received it? you know and so it's like you just happen to be in their line of projection it could have been another person is it something you're over identifying with because I feel like sometimes I'll catch myself somebody will make a comment about oh let's just say for the sake of example somebody will make a comment about people who brag about studying abroad and no one said my name but but (laughs) I know I believe that I never shut the fuck up about studying abroad. So like, then (laughs) I feel like this little trigger and I'm like, oh, they're talking about me. They think I'm annoying. They think that I never shut up about living in Spain, which I don't because (laughs) it was really fun and transformative. But like, that's the whole point. Well, and then it goes back to this idea of almost questioning yourself. Like when you recognize that, it's like, okay, why do I... Like, what if they were talking about me? Like, what what insecurity do I have about this, you know? And Allison and I were just having this conversation before we pressed record, but this idea of not being afraid to take up space is so huge. It's like, you know, why am I holding myself small? And this is bringing up the idea of light shadows and dark shadows, which is like a huge part of projection because, One, jealousy often comes from something when like you see that somebody has something that you don't have. And that's really just used as like, it's like a magnifying glass to show you what you want, to show you what you desire. And to me, that's a light shadow. Like that's like, wow. Like, and and also you can't see anything that doesn't already exist within yourself. I always love to say that because when you are jealous of somebody, the only reason you can see that is because you know that you want that and it's, it exists within you. Like you can- oh, I love that. And I think it's also powerful to keep in mind that people are only capable of meeting you as far as they've met themselves. So mm-hmm. you can't even really go based off all this projection stuff, because if somebody doesn't like themselves, there's going to be things they don't like in you. I remember because I am still pretty new to my self-love journey. I've spent the majority of my life in and out of romantic partnerships. And so it's only been the last year that I've really said, you know what? I deserve an effing relationship with myself. And so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to make that the priority. What, what tangent was I about to go on? Can you read my mind? <laughs> we were talking about um, light shadows and dark shadows and recognizing how like projection. Um... Oh man. I, I know I had like lot. such a good segue. And then I was like, oh, I took a drink of my Starbucks and it lasted one second too long. Boom. No, I think you were about to talk about um, a lot of like self-love. Were, were you going to go into self-validation? Like validating? <gasps> I, th- I think you just did it. I think you just did it. And even if I wasn't, I'm about to. Let's talk self-validation because yeah. it's actually funny. I recorded an episode on this a few days ago, released it, woke up and 
deleted it because I just felt like it was one of those episodes where I recorded it. And then at the end, I was like, that's not the message I wanted to put out there. And I was just like really in my head and feeling like not super good about it. And I always want to make sure that I feel super strongly and passionately about what I'm putting out because it is my voice, you know, however many people have access to it. And so I want to make sure that it always feels really good and aligned, but I ended up deleting it. So we're going to do a little mini episode on validation, self-validation right here, right now, because I just did this. So I know what I want to say. Um, Validating yourself is one of the most powerful tools you can learn in this life. Because when we rely on the validation of other people, we are constantly in a state of lack. We are constantly feeling needy. This Mm -hmm. puts a lot of strain on our relationships. Our friendships and our relationships suffer when we constantly need validation because this other person feels like they have to do your work for you. And when you're unable to validate yourself, you'll also find yourself looking for love in all the wrong places. You may be attracting emotionally unavailable people because you are just going around kind of like anyone down. Like, Yeah. And I also think that you're more, um, oh, I just had the word more app, not applicable. You're more apt. apt. Yeah. I just had to shorten it. You're more apt to also be in the victim mentality that way when you're looking for validation because you're searching for other people's validation, but when they don't give you that, it's almost like then their projections just are that much more stronger because it's not only that they're not validating you, but they're also making you feel like the victim and you have the ability to own, like step into your power. So true. And it's such an empowering thing when you're like, I want to be the one to do this. I want to be the one to validate myself so I don't have to seek it out in other people. And you'd be surprised because the more that you give yourself and the less that you're seeking from others, it's so counterintuitive, but that's more you're going to get from others because you're not sitting around trying to drain people. So people want to put more energy into you because they don't feel like you're a human vacuum cleaner, you know? Yes. And all of those validations that you are once upon a time searching for, like I give that to yourself, right? Give that to yourself, take it to the journal, do it for yourself. Yes, exactly. Do it for yourself, do it for yourself. And I also think that, um, when we're talking about self-validation, I feel like that's so vague and broad. So I want to kind of give a couple examples of ways we can validate ourselves one form of self-validation is simply validating your feelings. So when something comes up for you or you have an emotional reaction to something, ourselves, it's not being like, oh, that's dramatic or, oh, that's, you know, it's just saying, oh, I feel angry and that makes sense. And, or, oh, and- I'm feeling sad, you know? Yes. And also just remembering that's a human emotion. It doesn't need to be good or bad that you're feeling that way. It's just simply acknowledging I am feeling sad and that's okay because something happened that's making you feel sad. It's acceptance. Mm, I love that. As someone, so on top of being bipolar, I think I've told you before, I have borderline and borderlines tend to think in black and white case scenarios. And so that's a mindset that I'm really trying to work against right now is this mindset of like, things are good or bad. And so many things in life are neutral, but like the BPD part of my brain that I am working to overcome is just like, things are good or bad. And that's it. There are no other options. Things cannot be neutral. They have to be all 
one way or the other, which is the most limiting belief in the entire world, because there is so much gray area. In fact, I think like 95% of life is made up of gray area. There is so much in between. Yes. Oh man. That is so big because it just shows you like the endless possibilities that are actually out there. You know, it doesn't have to be good or bad. And if, if it is, that's a story that you're telling yourself. That's a story that you're making up about it being a certain way based on your past experiences. It actually has nothing to do with the situation itself. It's all just a bunch of stories. (laughs) Yeah. How do you think people can kind of start to rewrite those narratives and kind of change up those stories? Yeah. So I always, like I mentioned, I always go back to awareness. And I think that's a big part for me is kind of working backwards and learning where those stories came from. Because I'm somebody that needs to understand, like, I'm very, it's like, why am I thinking the way I think? Like, okay, now I've observed it. I recognize that I'm telling myself this story, but why, where did that come from? And being able to work backwards and think back to the first time that you felt that way, or the first time that like a parent said something to you and being able to recognize like, that's not even my thought, you know, that's just something that I've taken on from somebody else or, oh yeah, that one time in third grade when somebody made fun of my shoes. And this is also such a random example. This didn't even happen, but (laughs) (laughs) this time in third grade, somebody made fun of my shoes and then all of the kids made fun of me and they didn't hang out with me at recess. That is a direct threat to your belonging, you know? And so now 20 years later, are you worried about what you're wearing? Like, are you worried about wearing the right shoes? Are you worried about what you're going to look like and what other people are going to think about your outfit because of that one time in third grade when you felt exiled from the group? So it really is like going back and rewriting those stories for yourself, like learning where they started, recognizing that they are stories, and then recognizing that you have the ability to change the ending. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I think you'd find this interesting. I read this article that talked about how the reason that it feels so painful when we're being rejected socially or outcast is because that's against our DNA. Like we are pack animals. We are supposed to be in groups. We know that the larger our group, the larger our chance of survival and the longer we can survive. So it is so normal that when you're going through a breakup, when you're losing a friend group or a friend, when you just feel alone, it's almost going to feel like life or death. It's almost going to feel like survival mode and your body is panicking and your body is like, what the hell? And that's because at the core and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, if you were kicked out of the group, that meant you were probably going to get eaten by something or left behind or freeze to death. So your body is really like, you may be hard on yourself and be like, oh, I'm so like, I'm so codependent and blah, blah, blah. It's like, also this is your instinct this is so so primal yes and both can be true right and it's just recognizing okay this is my instinct in action and how cool is it that you're able to be aware of that one and also two that your fight flight or freeze response system is actually working that is so important and I like to think of those little steps those little learning opportunities as data points they don't need to be good they don't need to be bad but it's just a a data point of like, yep. Okay. I, my fight, my fight, flight or freeze response is still working. It's still activated. Am I in danger? No. Am I uncomfortable? Yeah. 
I am really uncomfortable. So how can you regulate your nervous system, calm the nervous system down to then be able to respond to a situation as opposed to react, which is huge. Wow. I love that the respond versus react because as somebody who has a lot of emotions, I feel like sometimes it's hard not to just live at the whim of my emotions. So just like letting them take over and just react, react. But if you can slow things down, even just a second, it puts you in the position of power. So the things aren't happening to you. You are navigating the things. If you're able to reframe it like that, it's a lot more empowering than being like, oh my gosh, all of these things are happening to me. So of course I'm going to lash out emotionally. What else would I do? It's like, no. Totally. Taking like just... And it feels empowering also being able to recognize that about yourself. Once you get past the point of it potentially damaging your ego's pride, you know, and this is, I think that some people might laugh, but the word, the word that's coming to mind is responsibility. And I've always heard this term responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. I have not once thought about it in the way that it literally means the ability to respond. When something is your responsibility, it all comes down to your ability to respond to that versus react. (laughs) That one is going to be sitting with me all day. I'm like, oh my gosh, your responsibility. Right? I was like, when I heard that the other day and I was like, oh my God, where has this been my whole life? (laughs) Oh, because... It's so freaking empowering to realize that how we react is completely up to us. It doesn't matter. We, there's so much we can't control in life. You know, we can't control the trauma we've already been through. We can't control our family. We can't control, you know, our partners. The only thing that we could fully, fully control is our inner world, is our reactions, is the way that we choose to respond two things around us, the way that we choose to either engage or not engage with negative energy. Yeah. And it's this word, this like phrase that's coming to mind is the idea that nobody can, can make you feel a type of way. And I think a better way to actually say that, because I learned that that's actually a little bit like toxic because, you know, then people don't take responsibility for their actions, you know, but nobody can, can choose like the way that you respond to a harm to harmful language if that makes sense like somebody can be being mean to you they can tell you straight up if somebody tells you that like you are ugly it's like yeah that is really harmful that is really really harmful but you have the ability to respond to that projection one are you going to become the victim and take that personally or two are you going to empower yourself and choose to just and decide that that is that person's projection of their lack of self-love and, you know, they're wanting, they're searching for validation. Wow. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to keep in mind. um, Sorry. I just looked down at my note. This keeps happening. I need to stop trying to write notes as I'm talking. I'm like, Allison, girl, you are not a multitasker. You are not. (laughs) That is not who you are. You're a lot of things. A multitasker is your one. We were talking about taking control the way we react on the inside but that is all we can control. Yeah. Like our internal world creates the external. It truly is. And Oh, wait, it was a question that I had. I had a question for you and it was on this topic of our internal world. So, okay. 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 I know what I was going to say. Okay. We're back on track. We're back guys. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, for 
for you in your inner world, do you feel like you have cultivated and created a place within yourself that is unshakable and unreachable for other people? And if you have, how did you do that? What were the steps that you took? What did that look like? And what is your advice for other people who are trying to create that same safe haven within themselves? Mm-hmm. So they're not constantly just being thrashed around in the waves of the earth. Yes. Okay. I also, how perfect that you said not feeling thrashed around in the waves of the earth because in comes finding Floco being born. Like, literally for so long feeling like I was just being thrown up against the walls of like in bumper cars of life like holy shit so rocky and since then being able to cultivate this place of so much inner peace and stability that I can confidently say nothing can ruin my day and that's not I think that there can be toxic positivity there um which is not what I'm wanting to go for because it's, but what comes down is this idea of self-responsibility. It is taking responsibility for my emotions. So recognizing that nobody or nothing outside of myself has the ability to ruin my day because at the end of the day, the way that I respond is my own shit. It's my mm-hmm. own stuff to deal with. And so um, while there are many times where somebody can project at me and like the dog park, for example, where for a split second, I get that, like my heart drops and I'm like, oh, like I feel defensive. It's, it's becoming aware. And the more that you become aware of it, then the easier, the more intuitive it becomes over time, I think. But of course there are times where, you know, I feel projections. This is a very real life example. I feel projections of people, important people in my life, not believing in my ability to succeed in my business. I, I am not in a place where I'm fully like, oh, like, I don't care what they think. Like, no, of course, I think I care what people think about me. I really do care about what my family and like close friends have to say about me. And so knowing that they might not believe in me truly does hurt me. But the key there is accepting that is not trying to deny that it doesn't hurt me, not trying to not trying to like resist it. I think that transparency is beautiful and it's really helpful for a lot of people. And I was someone who, so now when I'm, when I record episodes now, when I talk about struggling with confidence and when I talk about these things, I get a lot of messages of people saying they're shocked. They're like, Allison, you have always put on this energy that you don't give a shit what anybody thinks of you. And I was like, you want to know something that was a lie. Like back when I was doing that, that was so much false confidence and it was so inauthentic. And you could tell because I was just going, I don't care what anybody thinks. It doesn't bother me at all. Yes. It's like that is visibly unrealistic. (laughs) But now I'm in a place where I'm like, you know, other people are entitled to their opinions. They can think what they want of me and that's okay. Sometimes it hurts a little, but I shrug it off and I keep moving because that has nothing to do with me and has everything to do with them. Yeah. And it's that, that both can be true. You know, one, one, this person is saying something that hurts me and I know that it is their projection. Like at the end of the day, these people that might not believe in my, my business, they just want me to be safe. They want me to be financially secure. And I, I understand that, but at the same time, that hurts. Hold on. I'm going to let you finish before I jump into why that was a good mindset. No, I was just going to say at the same time that that does hurt me. And so both can be true. I see their projection 
it also hurts me. And that does show that I have a little bit more like confidence work to do, but mm. I'm human. That's what I'm yeah. here to do. And you're so right that both can be true in that instance. Like you are allowed to feel hurt by that and all of the things. And I think another part of this, this is bringing up for me the idea of I statements and mm. that has been transformative in my life because in all past relationships before this one, in all past friendships before this one, it was, you make me feel blank. You yes. don't make me feel angry. You make me feel confused. You make me feel triggered. You make me feel insecure, blah, blah, blah. And you, then, you, you, yes, you, you, you pointing, pointing, pointing. And then I finally came to this realization that that doesn't do shit. No. And it's like, they can't, that person can say all they want, but are they making you feel a certain way? No, it's more like I feel because like I am feeling this. And that's why in therapy, a couples therapy, all kinds of things like that, they encourage I statements instead of you, because when we assume responsibility for our emotions, it's a very empowering situation. However, when we just place them onto somebody else and are like, you make me feel this, it's really disempowering actually. Um, that's the word, right? Disempowering. It's not like un (laughs) right. And I have a, I have a little story that's coming to mind for me again, coming in with the like vulnerable example of this continuing with the business thing is I used to be a school teacher. And so I had somebody ask me if I am keeping up with my teaching certifications so that I can go back to the classroom when my business doesn't work out. They didn't explicitly say they don't believe in me. Right. But that in that moment, going with the I feel statement is I feel like you don't believe in me because this is what you said. And so this is also the where the empowering statement of the story I'm telling myself is right. I feel sad because I'm telling myself the story that you don't believe in me. That is so empowering. Mm -hmm. it's the story you're telling yourself they may not have even said that they may not have even vocalized that they don't believe in you a lot of times it's just coming from that voice deep inside of us deep in our minds that's saying "Hmm, am I good enough I'm ah I feel this way but it's because of someone else it's like if I can just push it off onto someone else and not admit that I'm the reason I'm feeling this way then maybe I can justify Yeah. But at the end of the day, there is always going to be a story that underlies the feeling that you are experiencing always. Absolutely. Absolutely. Freaking. So I want to ask you one more question today before we finish. And this one is going to be off topic because why not? Because why the hell not? So for our retreat, Kylie, (laughs) If you were to describe the vibe that we are trying to cultivate, like give Mm. me a little bit on that. Give me a little bit of the energy we want to bring a little bit of the vision, just so we can get everybody kind of ready to go and thinking about this. Oh, I love this. You're putting me on the spot. So this is coming straight from the heart. This is from the intuition because I haven't had a chance to think about it. (laughs) Go girl. When I am envisioning this, I am truly envisioning this place of empowerment. I think that there are so many sisterhood wounds. There is so much competition between women. And I'm imagining this safe space to come 
and talk about that, to unwrap our limiting beliefs, to unwrap the stories that we're telling ourselves, to heal these sisterhood wounds and like empowering ourselves in a way of learning to understand like a word that's coming to mind to me is conscious relating is it's like how can we all like come together and and unwrap these stories about ourselves and like this empowering supportive environment to then learn about the world around us while also having a kick-ass weekend that yes. allows us to be away from the noise tune in yeah. yes and another big part of this Kylie and I really want to make sure we find somewhere that is awesome and remote We want to have designated hours where you're welcome to drop your phone in a little time to save. So you can really just disconnect from the real world and just be on the sisterhood retreat slash escape, like be present, be in the moment because we're going to be doing so much fun stuff. Kylie is going to be leading some yoga classes. I'll be leading some breathwork sessions. We're going to be doing personal development, little games and activities. We're going to be going on hikes, cooking together, painting maybe some plant medicine. It's just going to be amazing. So you should be there. You know, you should totally be there. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. If you're feeling called to this and I will be sure you're one of the first to get the information. Kylie, thank you as always for coming onto my show and bringing so much insight and so much light onto these topics that I feel like are often kept in the shadows. Things like this. I feel like a lot of people are embarrassed to talk about because you have to admit I struggle with this. If you want to talk about it, you have to admit I have insecurities. If you want to talk about the fact that you project due to your insecurities and a lot of people aren't comfortable having that conversation. It's huge. It is so huge. And the more that we talk about it, the more that hopefully other people feel okay opening up about it themselves. And I think that that is the ripple effect that you and I both strive to create here on our platforms. And I, like I said, at the beginning of this episode, co-creating with you is just so magical. Like we didn't know that this conversation was going to go this deep. I didn't. And I think that so many golden nuggets just came through and it lights me the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Every time we talk, we spend the rest of the day texting being like, are you still hyped? Because I am at the gym running a hundred miles an hour, just freaking a hype. Yep. (laughs) Choose people in your life who make you feel like that. Find people who just make your spirit feel overwhelmed with joy and happiness and spend time with those people. They, they do exist. Your soul friends are out there. It took Kai and I like 24 years to find each other, but here we are. I was just going to say they are out there. Don't give up you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'll meet them at our retreat, you know, take a chance, meet your soul sisters. That's going to be our marketing slogan. Maybe you'll Thank meet you. them at a retreat in Colorado. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your Oracle card for the day. Um, <laughs> Thank you again, Kylie. This has been so real and so fun. Thank you guys for tuning in to listen. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. If you really, really loved it, leave a rating or a review. That helps a ton with us growing as a podcast. And I totally appreciate you. I will see you next week. This has been Wishing You Wellness.